afternoon welcome to another edition of the off the dome podcast with matt g that was uh the song uh tequila shots from the, the kid cuddy album the new one man on the moon three he was incredible another amazing album from scott miscuddy one of the best artists out there personally one of my favorites um have a listen to it, Man on the Moon 3. Incredible album. Uh, this episode is sponsored to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Happy Monday, everyone. Hope you enjoyed, uh, what week was it? A week 14 of the NFL. Um, it was a crazy weekend. Um, and so and preseason of the NBA just, ki- just tipped off. Um, we got a lot to talk about. But first, let's start off with the, with the situation, the QB situation in Philadelphia. So yesterday... Jalen Hurts coming in for the struggling Carson Wentz, um, um, a team that's that's in such disarray. Um, he went in um, when the Philadelphia Eagles were struggling. They lost like they they were losing like four or five games in a row. Um, they were fed up with Carson Wentz. Some guys wanted him. Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey still wanted him. But uh, Doug Peterson threw him in, in kind of an attempt for Doug Peter for to save Doug Peterson's job. Um, in the game, Jalen Hurts delivered. He was did he ever deliver? Oh my God, he was incredible this game. Uh, Jalen Hurts, um, he in a, in his rookie debut, he only threw seventeen of thirty, but threw for one hundred sixty yards, sixty seven yards. He did throw a touchdown pass. And he ran for 106 yards rushing. Uh, Miles Sanders chipped in, 14 carries, 115 yards. And this was the most complete game I've seen the Philadelphia Eagles play all year, offensively and defense. What Jalen Hurts did was incredible. With the read option, um, him running the football. If Carson Wentz was playing in that game against the Saints, He'd have be sacked like six times, um, at least um, fumbled the ball twice, and two interceptions. Jalen Hurts corrected all those mistakes. What you saw with the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday was they played another, another took up their level of sense of urgency. They were running the ball extremely well, um, and Jalen Hurts, even though he only threw seventeen of thirty, like I mentioned, he was he made the throws that counted. And the defense, they got after Taysom Hill um, and Alvin Kamara, albeit they did have a lot of injuries in the end. Um, their defense is going to be banged up for the next game at Arizona. But this was a very, very, very impressive win for the Eagles. This was probably the upset of the year in the NFL with the, what the Philadelphia Eagles just displayed. Um, now, Doug Peterson hasn't committed to Jalen Hurts long term, but obviously you go with Jalen Hurts. Because he gives you the best chance to win in this system. Um, with a banged up offensive line and banged up offense the entire year, defense is now banged up. Jalen Hurts gives you the best chance because what I saw with the Eagles yesterday was a sense of ert, was a sense of spark. 
and a sense of urgency they didn't have under Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz, I'm not the biggest fan of, specifically because I just don't think he's built for the long term in the NFL. He makes too many erratic decisions, um, and he can't read defenses as enough to a point where he can just exploit them. Um, even when he goes up against um, very weak defenses, he does seem, seem to struggle. Um, Jalen Hurts, I think, read, I think he he read the Saints' defenses. Um, the Saints' defense, as I'm going to give them a slight pass because it was hard to prepare for Jalen Hurts because there was not enough footage on him. He only played like not even a, a little bit more, not even uh, the second. He played a little less than the second half um, against Green Bay. But um, and the Saints just didn't they just didn't cover Jalen Hurts as well as I thought they should have. They were they were expecting him to pass a lot and they were playing for the pass, but they didn't they barely blitzed Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts was able to utilize the read option and able to scramble out of the pocket, in and out of the pocket, and he exploited the Saints defense. And when they do get after him, um, unlike Carson Wentz, who would just get sagged, Jalen Hurts actually uses his legs to his advantage better than Carson Wentz um, in a variety of ways. If Carson Wentz was playing, he'd be sacked multiple times. Jalen Hurts can at least make big plays with his legs with what I saw yesterday. Um, now, now that there's more footage, um, now defenses are going to get more footage after what they saw against the Saints. We'll see more of what Jalen Hurts can and cannot do moving forward. Do I think that they're going to win out the rest of the year? Well, let's see. They're at Arizona, then they are, um, then they're at Dallas, then they're at home against Washington. So, do I think they'll win out? I I, I doubt it. But I, if moving forward, Jalen Hurts does give them the best chance and to win, unlike Carson Wentz does, because Carson Wentz leads them in every single negative category. He leads the NFL in every single negative category among quarterbacks. Interceptions, turnovers, sacks, overthrows, you name it. And he, he's 30th in the league completion percentage and 30th in the league in total QBR. Jalen Hurts gives you the best plays and gives you the best chance possible to win. Now, we'll see how he does moving forward. Um, he's got to work a little bit on his accuracy, but I do think that he can at least make the throws when needed to, unlike Carson Wentz. So I thought this was the right move. I'm shocked, though, that Doug Peterson said he's he doesn't know who's starting moving forward. You go with the hot hand. You start with Jalen Hurts. Um, and also, another thing I was very impressed by with Jalen Hurts' debut was the fact that he was – they think about the degree of difficulty that Jalen Hurts was, go was up against. He was up against a defense that was playing lights out. They were making everybody look pedestrian. You saw what the Saints did to Tom Brady twice. You saw what they did to Matt Ryan twice. And they're just feasting on these on these premier quarterbacks um, in this league. And what they did to and – what, and what Jalen Hurts did to this defense was great. Um, and in the degree of difficulty throwing in his first game against a great defense and some players – um, Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox who still loved and believed in Carson Wentz and for him to do this in his first game is truly sensational um, albeit the Saints didn't have enough footage of him but still give Jalen Hurts a lot of credit um, I think he's going to be a good player in this league um, I don't know how he'll do against Arizona next week because they did have a resurgence um, against the Giants um, and and they 
even though Daniel Jones came back a week too early, and I'm not the biggest fan of him personally. He turns the ball over way too much and can't seem to hold on to the football. The defense did have a resurgence for Arizona. Um, Hassan Reddick was terrific, and him and Chandler Jones, whew, they can be something. So, And I think it will be a very tough game for Jalen Hurts. Um, and the defense is banged up. Um, so many injuries for the Eagles yesterday, and Kyler Murray and D-Hop are going to expose them in that. But I'm not going to entirely count out Jalen Hurts for this game because if I if you with the with your season on the line, who would you trust? I'd trust Jalen Hurts over Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz was playing against Arizona, he'd have like two picks and fumble the ball. So, and also I, I, I here's a stat that I have. Um, this is not I'm not trying to pile it on more on Carson Wentz or be a hater, but. What I read on Sports from Sport on Sports Illustrated was that the Eagles were eleven and two without Carson Wentz as their starting quarterback. So they're used to it without Carson Wentz. I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts right now is. I I think he's better than Carson Wentz. Um, I'm not saying that Nick Foles is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. But when I saw with what Nick Foles and what Jalen Hurts did, it's pretty obvious that the Eagles have more sense of urgency and they have magic when those two when those two play unlike with Carson Wentz who just makes too many erratic decisions and I just don't trust him in big time games and I just don't trust him like against good defenses I don't think he can read them very well Jalen Hurts is my guy I'm going with Jalen Hurts moving forward and I trust him way more than I do with Carson Wentz now um shifting gears here let's talk about um Let's talk about two other young quarterbacks. Um, let's talk about a great game yesterday. It was between Tua and Patrick Mahomes. The uh, Chiefs pulled out the win 33-27. Patrick Mahomes, although he threw for 393 yards, he threw two touchdowns and but three interceptions that game. Uh, Tua played very well that game. I'm just pulling up the stats from the game. Let's see. Tua threw for 28 of 48, 316, two touchdowns. He was very good. Um, personally, uh, just basing it off this game, um, if I were to have a letter grade for Patrick Mahomes, I would give him a B minus. Yes, he did make some really terrible throws earlier in the game and they got behind 10, nothing. Um, but think about the degree of difficulty that he was under. Uh, there's set the Dolphins defense I've raved about all year, um, played very well against Patrick Mahomes. Um, Xavier Howard, who leads the co- all corners and interceptions, he had an interception yesterday, and he plays big, and he pl- except is also a great player. Um, Mahomes did struggle; he threw did make some throws off balance, but they did climb into the game, and they did score thirty unanswered points, and Mahomes did make some some beautiful throws. One of them to Kelsey um, went, um, while he was scrambling, and the other one, which was a bomb to Tyreek, who's Kind of neck and neck between him, D-Hop, and uh, Devontae Adams for the best receiving spot in the league. Um, Mahomes has been Mahomes has been great up until that point. I mean, he still he still leads um, the league in passing yards, um, and he still leads the league in total QBR. Um, I think now it's neck and neck between him and Rodgers for the MVP race. But I give Mahomes just because of the record that they have and because of of the degree of difficulty he faced this weekend compared to Aaron Rodgers' um, degree of difficulty. He was up against Detroit, a very low-ranked defense, and he was up against a very good defense in Miami. So 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think he still led them to victory. He still did what he had to do. Um, and he still put up points on the board. And I can't fault him for that. He did make some erratic decisions, yes. And he did let the Dolphins back into the game. But he still closed it out. And I do give Mahomes a lot of credit for it. Um, and I give the Chiefs a lot of credit um, for, for still pulling off that win. Um, this was not his best game of his career. I do think his worst game... I, of this career is a lot better than a lot of quarterbacks, all-time greats that have terrible games. So let that sink in. He still threw two touchdowns. Um, he still did enough to help that team win. Uh, Tua, on the other hand, um, he showed me something. Tua tackled Viola after getting after um, getting down thirty to ten. He could have wavered, but he didn't. He did make that one interception, but it was like it was a decent throw. Uh, uh, the the safety read it per the safety uh read it very well so, uh, safety honey badger Tyron Matthew read it well um Tua still threw three hundred sixteen yards that game and he did show even though he only threw twenty eight of forty eight he still makes the made the big time throws when needed to um he and he 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 used his legs a bit he had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Tua has grown on me. He is starting to be more fearless in and out of the pocket. He is starting. He is starting to make the deep throws down the field. He is trying now to make plays with his legs in order for this team to win. I give Tua a lot of credit. The defense did for make Mahomes in um, a little bit pedestrian like at times. Uh, Tua did grow on me. He just needs to do it. He needs to do it every single game consistently, and he's got to get his legs going. Um, I think it's probably because of his hip surgery. I don't know what it is. He needs to have a consistent balance of the run and passing attack. But overall, Tua was great, I thought. Um, and the Chiefs, I picked them to win the Super Bowl um, uh, going into this year, and I'm going to stick with them. Uh, they've been playing great, even even though they've won by six points or less in their last six games, they still are pulling off victories, and that's due to Mahomes and the, and how great of a coach Andy Reid is. And Mahomes also is surrounded by the best weapons in the league. I mean, you want to talk about how great Tyreek Hill is? Travis Kelsey is by far the best tight end in the game. By far. Not even close. Not even close. Travis Kelsey... Already has five. He's already eclipsed five straight years with a thousand plus receiving yards, um, and he's been incredible. Uh, first, and if he wins a couple more down the road, Super Bowls, and if he keeps eclipsing the yardage record among tight ends, obviously I think the goat tight end is Rob Gronkowski. But we might have something brewing with Travis with um, Travis Kelsey. He, you might put him in the GOAT conversation too. So personally, I think that um, I think that Travis Kelsey has, he has further notched his belt among one of the greatest tight ends ever from what I've seen so far. Um, and the Chiefs offense is still exploding. They still put up 33 against a good Miami Dolphins defense. So we'll see how they go moving forward. And I do have high hopes for Tua. And I do think the Dolphins will get better um, throughout the next couple weeks. We'll see how they are. Um, they are. They're at home against the Patriots, then at Vegas to take on the Raiders, then at Buffalo. Um, it's tough, but I do think they are winnable games. I do think they go two and one. I think they'll beat the Patriots Sunday, and I do think they'll beat off. They'll beat the Raiders. Um, I don't trust the Raiders with that horrible defense. So I think they'll go two and one. They will lose to Buffalo though, uh, which is where which is what I'm going to talk about next. Uh, so last night, 
It was Buffalo versus the Buffalo Bills versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and Buffalo won uh, 26-15. Josh Allen, after struggling in the first half, he completed ele- his first 11 passes in the second half, and he still um, he still had a, has a cannon. He's one of the best deep ball throwers in the league, um, and he still did enough for that team to win. Uh, Stephon Diggs, proving like he's proving he's one of the best receivers of the game, leads the re- league in receiving yards and catches. He's been terrific. Another 100-plus catch season. Um, five, um, and had a touchdown last night. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, we'll talk, there are two different directions that these two teams are going in. One's upward and is ascending, and one is just on the straight downhill decline. The Buffalo Bills are Super Bowl contenders. I don't know where, I think they're a top two to three or three team in this league. Um, Josh Allen, even though he does make erratic throws sometimes, when he's right, oh my God, he's right. Josh Allen is fourth in the league in passing yards and sixth in the league in completion percentage. Josh Allen is phenomenal. And even though he did struggle, he did get off to a slow start, did have an interception, did throw under 50% in the first half, he did make up for it, and he started off the second half on fire. And his arm is a straight cannon. And people wanted to criticize him and critique him based off of the arm he's based off of his, inc- his inaccuracy, um, his first two years in the league. Up until last night and the f- in the first half, he's been very accurate and proven a lot of people wrong. And if he just limits a few turnovers and a, and a few interceptions, I think he's going to be a great star in this league. He's already great, but I think he's going to be one of the top three to four quarterbacks in this league for years and years and years to come. I do have him fourth in the MV. I do have him... I have him fourth now in the MVP. In I have him fifth in the MVP race. I think it's still Mahomes, Rodgers, Russ, Henry, and number five is Josh Allen. Uh, that's where I rank it. Um, and I think the Buffalo Bills, their defense is great now. Uh, with Josh Norman um, leading the way and um, and the, how they got after Big Ben and, um, and, and how they demolished that running game. They are a very, they are legit defense. Uh, Jordan Poyer is a very good, is a very, very, very good free safety. Um, uh, Taron Johnson's playing very well. Micah Hyde has been playing great. Um, they are a very good defense, and I think that they are going to, they're going to be a very good defense um, throughout the rest of the year and in future years. Uh, the the Buffalo Bills are the best fourth quarter defense in the league. They allow the fewest points among teams in the fourth quarter. They are great at situational football when it matters most. And their defense held up. They got after they stopped the run. They uh forced Ben to tough throws. They got after Ben. It was a great defensive showing and I thought I thought the offense did pick it up in the second half. And it all started um, with their defense, though, with that pick six uh, that they had on Big Ben. So the Buffalo Bills, I think, are on the upwards, and I do have them facing the Buff- the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I'm that high on them. Now, as far as the Pittsburgh Steelers go, they are the what I call championship frauds. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the are such frauds. I saw this coming for weeks. They should have lost to the Ravens without without Lamar Jackson. Seriously, it was that bad. Um, you can't force Big Ben to throw the ball 
um, 37 plus times and expect them to win every game. And their run game was just atrocious last night. 18, they had 47 total rushing yards. And as far as the receiving goes, they were dropping passes from left and right. I mean, Johnson had some drops. Uh, Deontay Johnson had some drops. Eric Ebron had some drops. Um, Claypool had some drops. This is essentially, I said this last week, the Pittsburgh Steelers are this are this year's New England Patriots of last year. You saw what the Patriots did. They got off to an 8-0 start. They were beating up on these teams. But they you saw them, they were beating Jacksonville and, and all these other weak teams and the Jets. And people want to see them as a Super Bowl contender. But then when they got clocked by the Ravens on a Sunday night game last year, it went downhill from there. Same thing with the Steelers. Um, they were on 11-0. Uh, they were playing some good football, but they were overrated. I did see flaws with this team. Their offensive line can only do so much, and Big Ben can only throw the ball so much. You can't have, you can't win with the style they have without a consistent run game. They are 30th in the league in rushing yards. Um, and they, and their receivers are dropping passes. Claypool's dropped. I mean, like this style cannot hold up. I saw this coming for weeks. And when you look at the the teams that the Steelers have played, just think about the teams the Pittsburgh Steelers have played so far that, that, that when I look at their quality of wins, who do they beat? They beat the Texans, they beat the Broncos, they beat the Eagles, they did beat the Browns, but that was that was their second game without Nick Chubb. Um, they beat the Titans, yes, but they they got outscored. Um, what was it? Um, Seventeen to three in the second half, and Big Ben did throw three interceptions in the second half. And if Steven Goskowski didn't miss that field goal, the Titans would have won that game. Um, then they beat the Ravens, but like I said, I'm not high in the Ravens this year. They should have lost to the Cowboys. That 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 was they they lost. They got saved by the refs that game, and they almost lost to Gary Gilbert as their quarterback. Um, they beat Jacksonville, eh. and then they lost to the football team. And the football team got after them. They stopped the run, and they got after Big Ben, and they forced Ben to throw fifty plus times. And on the other hand, the, the football team was able to run the ball and make quality passes. So I mean. This style, and then last night, you saw what Buffalo did. Josh Allen was completing big time passes. The defense was getting after Big Ben, and they. And then last night, the Bills were able to make enough big plays on offense and defense for them to win. They they rushed for 101, 104 yards total as a team. They were they do it very well collectively on the run. They don't have a great runner. Zach Moss is a fine runner. But it, but um, they do it collectively as a run for the, for their team. Um, I thought that the Steelers were eventually the wheels were eventually going to come off at some point. I personally didn't think they were that great. I had them at number two in my power rankings up until last week because yes, they do they were winning games, but I just don't. This team's going to get bounced in the first round in the wild card round, and they're not going to go far in the playoffs this year. Um, they're not going to go far. They're not going to finish off the regular season strong. This style can only do so much. And their defense, Joe Hayden's out. Spillane is out. Um, Dupree is out. And they did let up big plays. Um, and it was a shame. 
Um, the Steelers, you look at their schedule coming up. They're at Cincinnati, a Monday night game next week. They'll win that. Then they're at home against. Then they're at home against the Colts and at Cleveland. I really like the Colts and in, in Cleveland that game. I think they're much better teams. They have a solid run pass offense balance, and both their defenses are very good. Um, I I just don't think with this style, if they had a harder schedule, the Steelers had a harder schedule, they would be, they would be in. An, an almost above five, they would be a barely above 500 team from the way they've played. Seriously, they got handed the easiest schedule I've seen this year. So they're championship frauds, and I don't like them moving forward. Now let's talk about um, let's talk about uh, my Chicago Bears. I was getting ready to um, so before the show, I was getting ready to just say, "How about them Bears? We are back." Eh. I was saying, where was this all year? The defense, who I was, who I've criticized in recent week, um, they came to play yesterday. Khalil Mack had a had a forced fumble and a strip sack. Um, the the defense stopped the run. They got after Deshaun Watson. It was a great defensive showing. But on the flip side of it, just think about the degree of difficulty the Bears were under against the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans on defense is ranked 31st in total defense. So they, they were a very soft defense. The Bear, I will say, and I will say this though, the offense has had some sparks the last couple weeks. Even against Green Bay when they, were, when they were getting walloped, they still showed some signs on offense. It was because they moved around Mustafer, Bars, and Leno Jr. around um, in the offensive line position. And they still, and they did give Mitch a quality amount of time. And I saw with this team yesterday, they at least had something with Mitch. Mitch does provide spark. He does provide pop with his legs. Yesterday, Mitch had one of his the top two games of his entire Bears career. I think this rivals his the game uh, week four, 2018, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where he threw six touchdowns. Mitch threw... Through only three incompletions in the first half, one of them was a was a sack, so it doesn't really count. This game, he was phenomenal. Twenty four of thirty three, two sixty seven, three touchdowns. He was phenomenal, uh, and he made some plays with his legs too. David Montgomery. It started off with David Montgomery having an eighty yard touchdown run. He was terrific. He's been really solid all year. He has grown um, this past year. And then Allen Robinson. It's a shame that we might let him go. Um, but he was he was terrific yesterday. Nine catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and Jamie Graham had a touchdown. Darnell had a touchdown. They played a great game. The defense was phenomenal. Um, uh, Roquan Smith had a very nice game. He had two sacks. Uh, Khalil Mack, um, one forced fumble, uh, one sack, and one safety. The defense came to play. But it's a shame, though. I'm at the same time very conflicted because, I mean, it's one thing if we were had an above 500 record and feet competing for the playoff spot, and we would still be in it. But yeah, we're still in it. But it's. I feel like if we keep losing, it's only going to hurt the future. And then Nagy will still be here, and Pace will still be here, and the future is going to be in flux moving forward. But at the same time. The Bears, unfortunately, wasted away a high a shot at a high draft pick and now have me hope to make the playoffs. 
Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Mathematically, they have a chance, but do I think they will? No, I don't think they will. They, they need Arizona to lose one of these three games um, and for the Bears to win all these three games. And I just don't even think they'll be able to do that. I mean, look, they, they're at Minnesota. I don't know if they're going to win that game. Then they're, they're at Jacksonville, but at Jacksonville, then at home against Green Bay. So none of those two games at Jacksonville or at home versus Green Bay will truly matter if they don't take care of business against the Minnesota Vikings uh, next Sunday. Um, because, look, the Bears, yes, they played a great game. The offense was the best I've seen all year. And the defense, phenomenal. This reminded me of the 2018 Bears where they had a great bounce on offense and a smothering attack on defense. But they're 6-7. and seven. And the degree of difficulty, the Houston Texans were the 31st total defense in the league. But the Bears did beat, but the Bears did what they had to do yesterday. Um, and it was and it was a very good win. Um, so now moving on, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings versus the Green versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Poor Dan Bailey. Poor Dan Bailey. I feel bad for him. Yesterday was the worst performance I've ever seen from a kicker. This is the worst kicking performance since 1960, the stat I just pulled up. He was the first kicker since 1960 to have, uh, what, what is it? To have, to have, to have three missed field goals and one missed extra point. This is pathetic, and it's one thing to miss a 54-yard field goal, but the field goals he was missing were wide right, were wide right, right near the pirate ships. It was pathetic. I feel bad for him, and my friend, who's a Minnesota Vikings fan, said they're cursed because whenever a great kicker comes to them, they seem to choke. I feel bad for for um. Dan Bailey yesterday. I am not a Vikings fan. I hate the Vikings. I'm a Bears fan. But part of me did want to root for Dan Bailey just to see him make one field goal, but he was not able to do it. They were in fourth and five multiple times, and it was a lose-lose situation because Kirk Cousins was forced to throw on fourth down when they don't even trust their kicker. It's sad. Um, it really is. Um, but at the same time, um, Minnesota did dominate the time possession. Dalvin Cook was running the ball, um, but the but I give credit to the Tampa Bay defense. They got after Kirk Cousins. They had six sacks on the game, and Tampa Bay did come to play, and they did seem like the team of the defense they thought they would be from the start of the year. Give Shaq Barrett credit. Give the Dominican Sioux credit. Now let's talk about um, Tom Brady, the guy that everyone thinks I'm a hater, um, but I'm just a realist here. I, I don't hate Tom Brady, first of all. Number two, I think he's the GOAT. Number three, I just don't like how he carries himself on it or off the field. But I'm going to be honest here. Because I'm in a good mood, I'll give Tom Brady yesterday's performance, I'll give him a C plus. I'll give him a C plus. I mean, yeah, he was okay. He did, didn't have a turnover, but he only threw 196 yards. And he did, and he did throw for two touchdowns. Um, but I mean, look at it. He didn't dominate the time of possession. Um, he didn't. Lamar didn't. I'm sorry. Uh, Brady didn't have. Didn't dominate the time of possession. When he did have the ball, it'd be overthrows, and it would be quick three and outs. 
and Minnesota got the ball back. And I think that if Dan Bailey would have made a couple of those field goals, might have been a different ball game, might have been a lot closer. But Tom Brady, even though he did, he did make some overthrows. One of them was to Chris Godwin on a slant route. He severely overthrew him. The other one was to Gronk, straight overthrow. On the other hand, I'm going to be honest here. I was impressed by some of his throws. His throw on third and four at, the, at their own 48-yard line, that deep throw to Scotty Miller, that was an incredible throw. Outstanding throw. And that throw he had, um, a beautiful throw over the, safe, over the corner to Mike Evans, Phenomenal throw. And that throw to Gronk was great. And I give, I'll give the, the, Buc- the Bucks this. That was a great execution they had um, when Tom Brady threw that deep ball to, Ro- to Rob Gronkowski. The Hail Mary attempt that was flagged for pass interference, which never get, almost never gets called. But I'll give the Bucks this. That was pass interference. I give Gronk a lot of credit for selling that. And Tom Brady did still can throw the ball deep down the field, even though he does lead the league in overthrows. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame him for that. Um, they still pulled off the win, but Tom didn't do anything dominant. He only threw 196 yards. He didn't have two touchdowns. He didn't turn the ball over. He was good enough, but he wasn't outstanding like I thought he should be. I expected Tom to have a great game because the Minnesota um, pass rush and the Minnesota secondary is not is not good at all, but I give Tom Brady credit. He, um, he did what he had to do, and, they, and he got the win. Um, coming up next on the Off the Dome podcast, we're going to preview the Browns versus the Ravens game uh, with my friend from school, Alex Rodriguez. Um, no, 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 no relation to the, uh, to the iconic baseball player, Alex Rodriguez, but... He's a good friend of mine from school, um, from Toledo, Ohio, an iconic Brown, a huge Browns fan, and we're gonna talk preview the Browns versus Ravens on the Monday Night Football game uh, coming up in a little bit. Um, and uh, just to, just real quick before we get into the break, um, one last thing. Um, I, I thought Kevin Durant his preseason game um, against the Wizards. Uh, even though they were without Beal and Westbrook and Bertans, I think Kevin Durant, even though it's going to take some time for him to fully get used to the speed and the pace of a real regular season game, I thought for what he was, he looked better than what I than what I thought. He moved very well. He had, his first basket was a dunk, um, and I and it's going to take a while for him to have the consistency and the speed of the game to fully be the same old KD because this is no joke of an injury he came off of. But I do think he'll still be a very he'll still be a dominant player. He'll still be the second best player in the league. He still looked really well. Um it now it's gonna take some time for the Nets because they're gonna be under a brand new system because Steve Nash is has never coached a game in his life and it's the first time game that Kyrie and KD are gonna play on the court together at the same time. And now they, he's Katie's going to incorporate himself with Levert, Jared Allen, Dinwiddie. It's going to take some time, but I do think that they will still be the championship contender. Um, I thought Katie looked very well yesterday, um, and I do think with time he'll be better uh, moving forward. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, my friend Alex Rodriguez is coming up on the Off the Dome podcast to talk about the Browns versus the Ravens, and that and uh, and uh, hope all's well. And I'll see you in a bit. Um, looking forward to it. 
Welcome to um, welcome back to the Off the Dome podcast. Um, I'm here with a ver- with a special guest, one of my good friends from school, um, a huge Cleveland Browns fan, Alex Rodriguez out of Toledo, Ohio. A Rod, welcome to uh, the podcast. What's up? <laughs> it's my guy, my guy from school. What's up, Matty G? How are we doing, man? How I'm doing, doing good, man. What's up, man? How we doing? <laughs> We're good. Um, so I got to ask you this because this is a big game tonight for your Cleveland Browns. Um, um, so you're nine and three right now. One of the best offensive rushing attacks in the league, if not the best and a surprise surge from Baker Mayfield. So I got, I have to ask you this. What's been the key success, the key, what's been the key to the Browns turnaround as of why they have the best record since they've had since 2007? You know what, dude? I got I got to give it to Stefanski, man. Dude just turned it around. He's the first legit coach I think we've ever really had in a while, to say the least. The Brownies are a team that if there's too much hype around them, they just cave under pressure. So I think he does a good job of just staying quiet and just, just grinding away. Um, he knows how to work Baker. doesn't put him in bad situations. He, uh, he likes to run off the play action, which is great. I think he – bake off play action, man. Get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> that That's his game right there, man. And, and he just knows how to utilize it. Had some great additions in the offseason. Conklin and Jedrick, my man, they're both great. Um, but, yeah, dude, I, I really think it comes down to coaching. I, I think that Stefanski really just got it uh, under his control. I think he's got a good uh, control over the locker room and all that. And uh, he, he's making it work. It's good to see. Talk to me about Baker Mayfield. Obviously, he had a great rookie year, throwing 27 touchdowns, 14 receptions. He dropped off last year, and that was because I've defended Baker, saying that he had a bad offensive line, and Freddie Kitchens was a horrible fit as a head coach for for the Browns. This year, he's under a new system, and he has a better offensive line, and he can utilize Jarvis better than he did with Odell. So I have this. Might this is a two part question, A Rod? Um, my first question is: Is that what do you make of all the the criticism that Baker has received, and how do you think he's performed above expectations? And my second question is: This might be kind of an inappropriate one, but do you think that the Browns with Baker are better off without Odell Beckham? It's a good question, Matty G. Uh, I'll address the first one first with Bake. Um, you know, he, he, I mean, you got you got to remember he was the number one pick. He right. won the Heisman. Like the dude's a stud. Guy's a stud. Like there's 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 no getting around it that way. So he came into the league, starts hot, then he has a shitty ass season with Freddie Kitchens. I think that he has a big uh, part in why he did bad. But um, but it came into this year hopeful, you know. I, I guess I wasn't too high on Baker. Um, obviously, there's a lot of criti- uh, criticism, but it's tough to root against your team. So um, so I, I I was hoping for a good season. He started off. I mean, we obviously lost, and that's who we're playing as well tonight. The Ravens, um, thirty eight to six or something like that. And, and it was thirty eight six. Start off good. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then we started getting the run game going, and then we started to kind of find an identity for ourselves. And then I think that Bake really just bought into it. Um, and, and ever since, he's been playing great, man. I, I think you got to limit him a little bit. Um, you got to kind of know what he's doing. He still is like, I mean, he, he did, uh, I think he left school as when he's like 23 or something like that, 22 maybe. 
So he's only like 25 or 26 years old. I believe I'm not, I'm not positive, but he, he's still uh, relatively young and still learning in the league. So uh, um, if he keeps it up, I mean, he's playing great. So uh, it, it props to him. I hope he does. But, uh, I mean, I think this is a big nut-up or shut-up game for him tonight um, against the Ravens. This is probably the biggest game in 20 years. Um, biggest game since I've been alive. Uh, been a Brown fan. Wow. So uh, I'm excited to watch that. When it comes to ODs, I love the guy. I love the guy to death. Like, he's just a great person to have on your team. Like, it's just ODs, man. Like, you can just say ODs is on my team. But I do have to give you some some uh, credit there where I think that Baker does try to force in the ball a little bit too much. Um, I mean, I, I I don't blame him. He I don't want to say he's a head case to the And and especially the first few games when he's playing before his injury, he uh, he ended up wanted to win. And there's the uh, interview with him. Hey, man, I wanna I wanna win, but am I am I pissed that I didn't get like a hundred yards, like seven receptions, a touchdown every game? He's like hell yeah, and and I mean that's just how he is. He he's a star, no doubt about it. Um, but I, I think that Bake just kind of just tries to force it too much, and, and it doesn't. It, and it takes away from my man Hollywood Higgins. I love that motherfucker. <laughs> but when 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 he's in when he's in the lineup, I mean, Bake just just tries to force it almost, and uh, and I think it takes away from Jarvis as well. Um, we we got up and coming guys in Harrison Bryant. He's sick. Austin Hooper, obviously, great pickup, and uh, and Donovan Peoples Jones, which he's I mean, great. Uh, he's he's good too. So. We have we have a nice core of receivers, um, and obviously Odes helps it a lot. And and it's hard. It kind of sucks that he did get injured this year because, I mean, it's not like they were terrible when he was playing. Uh, I, I think obviously Bake like is kind of showing off a little bit more. Like I kind of said, he, he's not forcing it to him as much. But um, but I wish I could kind of see him play a little bit more when they're like in these prime time games and see if he like shows out and see if they like are really like that good with him or like that good without him like see what kind of factor he really is that that's kind of the tough decision there but but i i do think that him um being in the lineup definitely he gets forced the ball a little bit too much so it's a tough it's a love hate like i love the dude but i and i don't want to get rid of him but you know maybe next year it it could be time to part ways and, and get something get a little package for him uh, I'll say this. What I've noticed, um, I think it, it, in any team or any situation, OBJ makes other players around him better. But I think with this case, Baker, what I've noticed from your games, Baker's so Odell-centric because it's Odell. But he, what I've noticed from his rookie year and from this year, his number one target is Jarvis. Him and Jarvis work well together. And the and now he's not now that he has just Jarvis and all these decent other weapons to focus on he doesn't have to have make big plays down the field with obj he can utilize his run game and he could be an accelerated game manager what baker mayfield is and this is a stat a rod that i don't think i don't know if you know this i'm sure you do and this is to the audience out there baker mayfield is the only quarterback in his last 150 attempts to have zero interceptions and he has a top three touchdown to interception ratio in the last two to three weeks um, he's third, right behind Aaron Rodgers, then Deshaun Watson. So he's been terrific. Uh, he's been great. I agree. I agree, man. He's he's playing. He's playing out of his mind. 
Do yeah, I think he? And, and this is the stuff you love to see coming towards playoff time because my big concern uh, at the beginning of the year, like they're obviously one of the most talented teams in the NFL. Like, you can't take that away from. Of course, them. I've never seen a more talented Browns team ever in my life. Um, but the big thing that it's going to come down to, and it comes down for any team for that matter, is is whether their quarterback can show up in primetime games. And and I think this is it. Like tonight's going to be a great example to see what he can do there because. I mean, obviously, we get those dubs. We get a Colts win. It was a good Colts team at the time. I think they were like six and one or something like that. They're a good Colts team, and then obviously the uh, the uh, Titans game last week, which was a huge win. But I mean, like like I said before, man, it's a, it's a nut up or shut up game for Bake here. Right. And, uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. The thing that I noticed what the Titans did to Baker last week. They forced him to throw the ball down the field. And what Baker did was incredible. He had the best game I've seen out of his entire career, uh, uh, for, for real. Um, and let's talk about – let's switch gears and talk about your defense. Miles Garrett, I picked to win Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously, the defense is, your, is fourth in the league in takeaways. Um, even though the secondary is very inconsistent, the defense makes enough plays for them to win. So how would you rank this? What do you, do you think Miles Garrett, non-biased, is defensive player of the year? And do you think this defense could keep this, make this team uh, go forward in the postseason? I mean, to that extent, like, it's going to be biased no matter what I say. Because I love <laughs> Miles. I took, him, I took him as a bet. I bet on him to win the MVP. Or the uh, the uh, defensive player of the year this right. year, um, so so obviously I love that dude's playing out of his mind. I think he has like ten and a half sacks in like uh, what ten games. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty good to say the least. Obviously, you got the Donalds and uh, and and other players who who are in that um, category who are tough to beat. But I think just going off of this season and what the Browns have been able to do. I think you definitely got to put that on uh, Miles' his resume as well for that for that award. Um, moving forward, though, through the season, our front seven is phenomenal. I think they're playing great. Like, B.J. Goodson, dude kind of came out of nowhere. He's got the most tackles on our team, I'm pretty sure. And he, he's, like, uh, one of our linebackers. And then, and then we have, like, Sai, Taki Taki, and, and – uh, He had a Matt pick Wilson, six against the Eagles. He's great. They're great. The front seven's fantastic. They're playing out of their minds. I mean, Olivier Vernon, he's playing well this year, really good. Um, and and I think the front seven, like I said, man, it, it, it's great. But uh, there are some there are some weaknesses in the secondary. A lot of injuries, though. I mean, I don't even think I don't think Denzel Ward's playing tonight. Um, Greedy Williams, I don't even think he's gotten on the field this year. We we drafted Grant Dalpit, who was supposed to be solid. I don't think he's gotten on the field this year either. Um, I will say that uh, a lot of people shouldn't send Dayhill though, and he's been playing pretty well. I mean, he's been holding his own. Like the whole the whole secondary in general, they've really been holding their own, to be honest. Um, so moving forward, I, I think we, I think we can keep it up, man. I I, I really think we do. Um, if we start playing like the uh, like like the Chiefs, for instance, we might get exposed. But who's not going to get exposed? By right. Teams? So. So I mean, I I think the defense keeps it up. I I think we're we're doing well. Um, obviously it's a it's a need going into the off season. Maybe another like backer, but but uh, yeah, man, I think I think it's doing pretty well so far. Um, about quick quick question about tonight's game um, against the uh, your division rival, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the team that uh, took that uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, 
originally um, that was a team that took over the Cleveland Browns. Um, this is a new Cleveland Browns team, for those that don't know. Uh, when they, they originally moved out of Cleveland and Baltimore was the expansion team, uh, your longtime rival. Um, big game going up against the league, the reigning league MVP. Um, what are what are your keys to tonight's game to stop Lamar Jackson and the still pretty potent rushing offense for Baltimore and still went healthy a very good defense? What are your keys to tonight's game for the Browns to um, go ten and three tonight? I would say the biggest key: get out to a hot start, and 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 I think we have a good chance of doing that because like if you look at the Colts and the Titans game. Uh, we, we played great in the first half, but like I mean, obviously we got to work a little bit on the second half. But if we get off to a, a, a hot start and make like Lamar make make throws, I think I think we got a great chance. Um, don't want to take anything away from Lamar; he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but he just I don't know when he goes down when he goes down big in the first half. I think that's when you beat that's how you beat the Ravens right there. It, is you get out to a hot start. You stop the running game, obviously, but I mean, you get almost contain the running game is what you're going to do because they're going to run no matter what. Um, but if if you force him to throw, um, that's the biggest thing because he, he does he does make mistakes and and it might be because he's young or it might be just because that's the quarterback he is. But if he's gonna if he's gonna develop and, and, and be a elite quarterback in this league, he does have to learn how to play from behind and um, and make those throws. Another thing is obviously, and this is every game for the Cleveland Browns, but we got to establish a run game. Just get it going. The team just plays better when we when we got it going. I mean, they've they've done they've done it almost every game. I think the only games that they haven't are the ones that they lost, and and it and it shows. Um, like I was saying before, Bakes got to get off a of play action, and and the only way to really get those play actions sold is is to get the run game going early. So just getting out to a hot start all around. Biggest uh, key to the game. Yeah, what I say about Lamar Jackson, um, people, some people think I'm a hater of him because I judge him so harshly. I don't hate Lamar Jackson. I think he's an exceptional talent. But compared to the MVP level, if he wants to be in this Mahomes and Rodgers category, I haven't seen enough where he can fully develop. And that's because he does get exposed in the passing game, what I will say about him. And he is... I do think that the Browns defense will be good enough to get after Lamar Jackson. I think it's really going to come down to the performance of Baker. I think if he just keeps, he doesn't have to throw 300 plus yards for them to win. He doesn't have to throw three touchdowns to win. He just just doesn't need to, he just can't force turnovers, can't force the ball down the field. And I think if he just does that, limited turnovers, and the Browns defense gives somewhat of pressure to Lamar, I think the Browns will be okay to win this one. It's gonna be a tight game, man. I, I I really hope. My biggest fear is for us to get fucking blown out again. Right. Because then everything goes back to oh, it's the old Browns. Um, prime time game, everything's set up, and you get blown out. Right. Like, I'm not even asking for we. Don't, I mean, obviously, I want to win. Uh, I mean, it's a huge game. It, it'll almost solidify the playoffs for us. So, so that's obviously a huge factor. But, but if we play a tight game. And let's say we lose like twenty eight to twenty six or something like that, like something tight, mm-hmm. like three point game, four point game. I'll be happy with that, you know, because we showed up. We're gonna have another primetime game, which is sick. First time I've ever seen a Brown Sunday night football game next week against the Giants, and we can perform there. They're right. obviously, I, I think, 
the Ravens are obviously a little bit better than the Giants, although they are coming on. Um, but um, but I mean, if we just keep it competitive and show the world, like this, the, this the stage to do it, show the world what what they're made of. Um, I think we'll be in good shape moving forward. Uh, f- final question. Um, before um, final question. What's your score score prediction of tonight's game, and how do you think Baker will do? Score prediction. Let's see here. It's a good question. Uh, I think it'll probably be a lower scoring game. Um, let, let's go with let's go with brownies. Unbiased. Nah, it's a little biased. <laughs> we'll, you can't we'll go, not be biased. We'll go though. brownies. We'll go brownies. Twenty four to fourteen. Wow. Look at that. Maybe twenty four to like seventeen. I I, I call. I think it's going to be a very low scoring game. I'm. I picked the Browns before. I said twenty seventeen. I think Baker will have a good game. Right. I mean, and you said it too. I mean, you you limit turnovers. Like I said, you just kind of manage the game. Um, and he's got it, and, and he's been doing a great job with that lately too. Um, excited to see what happens, man. And. uh I would love to see him go off and just. I, I know he's got some bad blood, although they they. Uh, oh no no, that was Burrow, I believe. It's right. uh, Patrick Queen and Burrow. They they had some bad blood, even though they went to the same school. But uh, but I think I think the just the, the rivalry rivalry there. Bake's obviously he's getting a little bit more confident, and and I don't think you want to see Bake confident, man. No, you do not. You, you'll get you'll get you'll get back to some of those. Uh, what was it like? Uh, twenty eighteen Oklahoma days or twenty seventeen. Um, when he's winning the Heisman and he's grabbing his nuts in front of his faces <laughs> and stuff like that, you don't want to see him get hot, man, because because this dude is all about confidence, right? And I think that's his biggest key moving forward. If if he gets confidence, which they do have currently, mm-hmm. watch the fuck out, man. Yeah. Watch the fuck out. Yeah, Alex Rodriguez, thank you so much for uh, joining the podcast. Um, I look forward to connecting with you soon. Um, good luck to your Browns tonight. Appreciate it, Matty G. You take it easy. Thank you Go so brownies, much. Baby. Thank you all for listening to the Off the Dome podcast. I'll recap to I'll recap the game tomorrow night. Tomorrow. Have a great day.